This will be the last edition of Village Vice before Auburn plays football. I'm Zach Blackerby. He is Brad Law. And of course, this is Village Vice. Happy game day eve eve to you, Brad Law. The day before the day before. Uh, it, that's a beautiful song that you just sung there, Zach. We cannot wait. Yes, yes. All right, I, I want to play a game as we start this out. Okay. Storylines going into the game. We've been doing storylines going into UMass for weeks, maybe months, honestly. Let's take it a step further, Brad Law. My question to you to start this show, once again, can't stress enough, the last show before Auburn plays football. Let's predict what the storylines are going to be coming out of the UMass game. So my question to you is exactly that. What's the, what are we talking about after Auburn pummels the Minutemen on Saturday afternoon? I think naturally the first storyline people are going to look at is how did the quarterback perform? What were Peyton Thorne's numbers? How effective was he, especially in the in the portion of the game where it's really in the balance? Um, yeah. Who knows how long that'll be. But I'm very curious to see, and I think people will be talking about how much or how little Robbie Ashford is used in those same situations when the game isn't decided completely yet when it's still feasibly a game um how when how much uh, will robbie ashford be used i think that'll be one of the storylines uh sunday yeah i i love that angle because if robbie's not used at all mm -hmm. with the starters what kind of what does that mean because mm -hmm. i don't think it means it's gone i just think it means like you know, why would you show Cal that or other than, you know, make them prepare for it, but they're going to prepare for it anyway, I would guess, because it's such a threat and it's been such a prominent storyline all, uh, all summer and fall. But I do think that's interesting. Do you think Peyton Thorne being named starter after being at Auburn for five minutes, do you think that solidify or makes that kind of a little bit more likely that we may, may see less uh, Robbie Ashford? I don't know, and that's what's so intriguing. And because yeah. the first game, I don't think you can judge the plan for Robbie for the season by the first game. I do think there's an element of holding something back for Cal. I think they're going to hold some stuff back even for Texas A&M and Georgia when you get in later in the month. So um, it is a storyline, but I don't know that it's necessarily locked in based on how much we, we see him against UMass. Yeah, and he could, it could very easily be blamed on, oh, well, Robbie's got that oblique injury that mm -hmm. Hugh Freeze put out there. When in reality, he's been battling that oblique injury before the first fall scrimmage. This isn't a new thing. It's just when it finally became public. I was told about this two days before the first scrimmage. And so yeah. it's like, it hasn't really slowed him down. And even in the practice, when did the media got to see last week, he was still suited yeah. up and a, and a full participant. So we'll see. We'll certainly see. But that, that may be an angle that comes from it. I've got another one, Brad. It's also on the offensive side of the ball. But look, football's back. And so is winning season at my bookie. NFL, college football. They've got a brand new cash out system to give you options to bet and win all season long. The first two legs of your parlay hit. Well, you can cash out early and use the funds for another bet or let it ride, baby. Let it ride for uh, even more winnings. You can use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag, register for a free account, and when you're ready to make that first sweet, juicy deposit, use promo code NEXTROUND to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's free money. Promo code NEXTROUND to claim that deposit bonus. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with my. 
bookie. Brad, I think Auburn fans are going to be salivating over the performance of the offensive line. I think it's going to pass the eye test. I think the numbers are going to look uh, tremendous, both when you look at the rushing game or the lack of sacks or the lack of pass rushes available. Uh, you know, Peyton Thorne's going to have a, a beautifully clean jersey at the end of all this. Pro Football Focus, their numbers and analytics are going to love the offensive line. I think the storyline coming out of this, outside of quarterbacks, because you're right, quarterbacks will always be the number one thing. But I think Auburn fans are going to be just be thrilled with how the offensive line looks and performs on Saturday. I, I think so. I mean, that right, the first effort in terms of rebuilding the roster on the part of the coaching staff was the offensive line. Let's get experience. Let's get bodies. Let's get depth. Let's create some competition. But let's also have guys that are, you know, that they can do the job. They can handle the job. And I do. I agree with you. I think we're going to see that on Saturday. There's going to be a noticeable difference. You're going to look at the guys and go, yeah, these look like guys who have done it before. Um, some at the SEC level, some not, but they're ready. And and yeah, I don't anticipate there being a, a lot of issues gelling in the first game against sure. Charles. Yeah. It's going to be so simple. The, I think the game plan is going to be so simple. Unless... Unless Brother Hugh wants to whip out 70, right, and just make this massive, big statement, which I'm all for, but you may can do that without having to do anything crazy. You know, I I made the joke on my on my podcast that I do every day on Locked on Auburn, Brad, that I made the joke, the only people in the state of Massachusetts that can cover Shane Hooks and Jair Shorter and Javaris Johnson and Rivaldo Fairweather, they currently play for the New England Patriots, and that's it. Boston College, UMass, whoever, they can't cover these guys. And so if it's truly balanced and they're running it for every time they throw it, I just don't think Auburn's going to slow down regardless of if it's Peyton Thorne throwing it, Robbie throwing it, or Holden Gurner throwing it. So, I mean, just total offensive efficiency and production could be a big storyline coming out of it as well. Yeah, Hugh Freeze on Monday talked about the trap defense that UMass plays, and it's a little tougher to establish tempo and, and to do some of the things you want to do. I wonder how much, and I think one of the storylines will be how much tempo is used or isn't used, but yeah, just the straight 11-on-11, 11 11, the one-on-one -on -one matchups, Auburn has so many weapons, both in the backfield, tight ends, receiving core, throughout the offense that with that offensive line, if the line does play the way that you and I and many think that it will, and when they're one-on-one -on -one matchups, yeah, there's there's not a lot of room for slowdown in, in this offense on Saturday. I agree. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, any on the offensive side of the ball that you think is, um, is something we've kind of been, or excuse me, on the defense, we've been talking about offense pretty much exclusively. What do you think the storylines on defense will be? I think it'll be how many players we see defensively. Um, and I don't think I don't think we're talking about late game snaps, but I think you're going to see that rotation at linebacker um, at the jack position specifically and even guys along the front. I think you're going to see 12 to 15 guys play in the first half of the game. Um, and I, I think that will be one of the storylines. I don't know that UMass, which tried to be you know, they were balanced. I think they rushed for 197, passed for 192 in their week zero win. Um, I just don't see them being able to establish a lot of consistency against this team. And I think the fresh bodies and, and the size advantage make a difference. I don't know that I point to one person necessarily standing out, but, yeah. um, but, but I think depth is going to be what we're talking about after week one. Can I vent to you for a yeah. second? 
Brad. Please. So something Hugh Freeze said this, other people have said this, and I don't know who said it first, but it's like one person said it and we're all running with it, which is fine. Okay. That's kind of part of it. But this whole like UMass was bad last year and they had a top 10 defense, right? We've all heard this, right? Hugh yeah. said it at his presser. Heard it Monday. I don't really know where that's coming from. Like, I don't know what stat they're looking at. Okay. So I've got it pulled up here. In yards per game through the air, passing yards allowed. Yeah. They were ninth. They allowed 175.3 yards through the air a game. Well, there you was go. Ninth. Yeah, that was ninth. But nobody's really like saying that. As far as rushing yards per game, Brad, they were 114th. Mm -hmm. They allowed 194 yards per game a year ago. And when you look at total defense, which I've always ever heard defense scored by total yards, unless you want to clarify points, and we can get the points in a second, Brad. But when you look at total yards, they were 55th a year ago, 369.6 yards per game, which is middle of the pack with their record. That's actually kind of impressive with how bad they were overall. Where is points? How do I pull up points here? What am I doing? Where am I doing here? You can't help me. I'm just no, on an I island. Here it is. I, no, I, I found I it. I found it. On points, they allowed 31.1 points per game. Okay. Which is 104th in college football. Yeah. So this top 10 defense thing isn't accurate. It's not real. It is a manufactured storyline. I don't know where it started. Well, I mean, I think it started with Coach Freeze in the Monday presser, but I, I think I heard it before that, Brad. Really? I, I okay. really think I did. Yeah, I think so. You I don't know where. Say, look, the master marketer comes in and says, well, top 10 pass defense. There you go. Ninth in the country. They are a top. They do have a top 10 pass defense. So there you go. Top 10 pass defense. Right. Um, you could. This could also be, and I don't know because I, I just don't have it pulled up, uh, but I probably will after we finish today. Um, the advanced metrics, and because there was an improvement from what UMass was before Don Brown to what they were last year, perhaps did they have one of the top 10 most improved defenses, either in total defense or scoring defense from, from 2021 to 2022? I don't know. I just wonder if that's the case because that was a lot of the praise, and that was one of the focal points that Coach Freeze mentioned Monday, that he's played them for three straight years, and the two years prior to Don Brown coming versus yeah. last year with him in, in, at the helm, uh, they were a much better team. Yeah, pro football focus is what I, I love their analytics. They're mm -hmm. cherry-picked, and you know they don't always tell the full story, but I do think it's a good part of describing what happened. Yeah. And their total defensive ranked – 111th last year so once again like top 10 i just i don't know and then look i mean you watched them last week did yeah. they look like a top 10 defense to you against no. new mexico state and so I, I just think this is a little i don't know there's just been so many people and i'm sure we talked about this earlier brad but there's just been so many people that came to me on sunday at church or you know out in the neighborhood or whatever they're like and yeah umass look better than i thought i'm like what did what did you watch what did you watch? And then couple that with the whole top 10 defense. Like, oh, UMass could be tricky for Auburn. Like, stop it. Get yeah. out of here. Get out of here. Our friends at my bookie have Auburn as a 35-point favorite. Yeah. I think that's about right. 
five touchdowns is about where we're sitting here. And I think Auburn's five touchdowns better uh, than UMass. And UMass does not have a top 10 defense. This isn't a real thing. It's not a real storyline. So, all right. Thank you for letting me uh, get that off my chest, Brad. I really, really appreciate that. Uh, Defensive MVPs. Who's going to take over on Saturday? I think Steven Sings has a big game. I think that uh, UMass is going to try to, well, you would think they'll try to do something on the interior that won't be there. And so they'll be forced to go to the edges. And of course, you know, they, they try to get to the outside with their running game a good bit. And so I think your Jack position has a chance to have a big day. Yeah. I think your linebackers in general have, have a chance to have a big, have big days. And we've heard so much about Steven Sings in fall camp. A couple of different times he was singled out for his, for his good play. I think he's on the field. Uh, perhaps more than Jalen McLeod is. And I think he just has opportunities to make more plays and we'll do so. So it, I start with Steven Sings for guys that'll have big games defensively. I love that. I, I love the matchup between Jason Jones and the UMass center. His name is Josh Atwood or Atwell. Uh, he was not good against New Mexico State. Mm-hmm. And um, their defensive tackle is not Jason Jones or Justin Rogers. I, th- I think Auburn Auburn's defensive tackle spot has a chance to really thrive and prosper. I also think Keontae Scott's going to be tested a lot. Their, uh, their slot wide receiver for UMass seems to be kind of their guy that they want to run the offense through outside of their quarterback, Tyson Pumachan. And that receiver's name, I can't find anything today. What is going on? I can't find anything. Keontae Scott versus Anthony Simpson is their slot receiver's name. He caught their touchdown early. Against New Mexico State, he led in uh, targets. He also led in total receptions. He's Tyson Pumachon's first read on a lot of passing downs. He was pretty much in the slot of his of his 55 snaps on offense. 45 yeah. were in the slot, Brad. And then some of them were technically listed as other things because he was motioning across the formation. So he's going to be a big piece. And so I think Keontae Scott is going to be asked to have a pretty big role in the defense on Saturday. And Simpson's 5'11", 180. And so, you know, I, again, I just think whether it's in the secondary, whether it's up front, uh, on either side of the ball, yeah. Auburn's just bigger. They're just bigger and stronger. And I don't think, again, with with all due respect to UMass, but again, we can talk about this a little bit differently than the coaches and players. They should be focused. They shouldn't talk about opponents this way. We can do that. Fans can do that uh, as well to say we're not talking about this game being in the balance midway through the fourth quarter. If we're talking about Auburn as a five touchdown favorite, we're not talking about Auburn potentially losing this game. You're talking about how you look, can can you look put together and fluid on both sides of the ball and win these one-on-one matchups nine times out of 10 against mm-hmm. UMass. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right, so not a whole lot of huge games yeah. in week one, but we are going to pick the six most interesting games yeah. to this show. And the first ever, Brad, the first ever Village Vice six-pack, which is coming up next. That's exactly right. The Village Vice six-pack. Get used to it every week. Uh, football is back. If you need some plays, go to lanceslock.com. That's a great place to go as well, in addition to what we're going to tell you here. Right now is the time to get the best price on the monthly packages, the annual packages, lots of options for you. Sign up today, get the absolute best deal at lanceslock.com. That's lanceslock.com. Village Vice six pack. And we're gonna go chronologically with these games, um, except for Auburn. 
We're going to keep right. Auburn to the end, okay. build the drama, Ooh. and really, you know, keep you in suspense. It's not I wonder that, who we're going to pick. Not yeah, it's not that suspenseful this week, but yeah. uh, next that's week, okay. Yes. We're, we're going to set the template and go with it anyway. First game we're going to talk about is 11 o'clock Saturday morning Central Time. That's Colorado at TCU. TCU is a big favorite here, but it's prime time making his debut. Nobody has a more rebuilt roster than Colorado. So who knows what to expect out of Deion Sanders and the Buffs against TCU. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I, I don't think the whole Colorado Dion rebuilding thing is going to work in year one. I think it could work in year two or three. I don't think it's going to work in year one. There's a reason they're like a four-touchdown underdog against TCU. I do think they cover, but we're picking straight up. I'm, I'm taking the I'm taking the Horn Frogs. Yep, I like that. I think that line's down to about 20, 20 and a half. Oh, but, okay. And there are questions, right? Because they TCU's lost their quarterback, and are they built for sustained success? I like them. I like them straight up as well, though. TCU at home. All right. Cal okay. is at North Texas. That's at three o'clock Saturday. Afternoon. So they're going to be playing about the same time that Auburn and UMass are playing. Cal going on the road to Denton to face North Texas. Cal, big favorite in this game, right? It's North Texas. Cal's going to, Cal's so improved. They're going to, why is this game on the list? They'll just crush the mean green, right? No. They're like a seven point favorite on the road. Yeah. And this is a program who this is a power five program for now. That's going to change in, in, in a few, in a few months, sadly for Cal and Stanford and you know, the other members of the pack four. But I think, uh, I think it's good that we highlighted this in the village by six pack, because so many people, there's a lot of Auburn fans really concerned about Cal. And I'm not telling you not to be, but I do think more information you get can sharpen your perspective on the matchup that Auburn's going to have going to Cal Berkeley next week. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that Cal is only a seven point favorite on the road against North Texas. And the fact that this is a program going on the road to North Texas at all is a little wild. Auburn's plucking the two best players on North Texas's roster, Jair Shorter and Larry Nixon to come join them while Cal is going on the road to North Texas, Brad. I yeah. just think some perspective is needed in all of this. I do think Cal wins, but man, wouldn't it be wild if they tripped? Because, look, it would not shock me at all if Cal saying, man, we get these SEC guys week two. Let's put extra time on them. Yeah, we should be able to handle North Texas even though it's on the road. Mm-hmm. What if they get caught looking? That would be devastating. I think Cal wins the game, and they win it by yeah. two touchdowns. I mean, I, I don't think it's that close of a game. But, yeah, wouldn't it be intriguing if it was closer? Here's my question about this game. Yeah. If North Texas still had Jair Shorter and Larry Nixon – what would the line be? Because it's Cal minus seven right now. What would it be if North Texas hadn't lost Nixon and Shorter? Yeah, yeah. What's a hundred tackle a season type player worth? And what's a guy that averages what he had double digit touchdowns on twenty three mm-hmm. catches? Like, yeah, they're worth a few points, right? You got to yep. think they're worth a few points. I, I might say it's worth a touchdown. I don't know. Jair Shorter probably would have scored one. Yeah. Um, and maybe right. I'll score one next week. We'll see. So we so we both like Cal in that matchup. How about North Carolina and South Carolina in Charlotte, 6.30 Saturday night. Tar Heels slim favorites. Spencer Rattler is there at South Carolina. And this is, this is it now for South Carolina. They're ready to launch. They're ready to move into the upper echelon in the east. Do they start with a win against UNC? I think they do. Uh, I, I'm I'm not necessarily bullish on South Carolina. I think they're going to be okay. And I think they'll be one of the better teams in the SEC East, the final year of our divisions here in our great conference. But I do think we need to pump the brakes a little bit 
regarding North Carolina. They couldn't stop anybody. And I don't think they're going to be able to stop Spencer Rattler and this offense. And granted, we'll see how South Carolina does against Drake May. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, you, I, I trust South Carolina's defense better. And I trust their special teams better just because Beamer is, I mean, it's, that's what he's known for, right? Yeah. So I'm going South Carolina, um, the slight underdog. I actually think they should be favored in this game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the over-under on points is, but if I set it at 65 and a half, what would you go with? I'd probably go under, but I don't feel good about it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair. All right. Let's go to the Sunday game. LSU, Florida State. That's a top 10 game in Orlando. Are you going South Carolina or UNC? Uh, oh, yeah. I need to make my pick there, too. I, I think North Carolina. I just I'm not ready yeah. to buy South Carolina yet. So we finally differ on one. That's we good. Do. Yeah, That's some good. separation. Yep. Uh LSU, Florida State. LSU's all the rage, top five to start the year. Florida State top ten. They finished great last year. Everybody kind of right everybody wrote Mike Norvell off in Tallahassee and they're waiting on him to be fired. And he had a surge the second half of the season. Yeah. So what do you think? Fighting Tigers, Seminoles. I'm going with uh, I'm going with the fighting Bayou Bengal Tigers. I'm yeah. going with the reigning SEC West champs. I think LSU smells blood. I think they've got a chance to really live up to what they're doing. They're bringing just so much back. They've mm-hmm. got the most proven, you know, with the exception of KJ Jefferson, the most proven quarterback in the SEC with Daniels. Guy seems like he's got a really good head on his shoulders as far as being a leader and not letting the hype get into the locker room. I think he's going to be able to take care of business. And they've done it. They've done it. This is a team that was able to, to beat Alabama a year ago and win the toughest division in college football, and they didn't really lose a whole lot. So, yeah, I'm going with LSU winning this game against uh, against FSU. I like Florida State here. Um, I'm going to go Florida State to win the game. I think LSU is, is less than a field goal favorite, but um, yeah. I think they bring back so much defensively from that team, and they finish so strong. LSU lost its last regular season game to Texas A&M, Lost the SEC title game. It blew out Purdue in the bowl game, but you know that's kind of a tradition for SEC teams blowing out sure. Purdue in bowl games. That um, Music City Bowl was wild a few years ago. Yes, it was the Jared and Stidham game. I, I like LSU's offensive line better than any other line in the league going into the season. Those two freshman All Americans are back at the tackle spots, but I think Florida State's defense makes one more play, and we differ again on this. I like the Knowles. Okay, all right. How all many right. more we got? Uh, we got two more. Clemson okay. is at Duke Monday. I I don't know. I you know, yeah, it's at Duke, and they've made some improvements. But at the end, I think Clemson's ready for a bounce back season, and I don't know this one is particularly close. I'm with you. I like uh, I like Clemson in this one, and sometimes it's you know I like uh, this whoever's playing Duke. And yeah. Duke's really good at covering. You know, I think as far as like the line goes, I may consider that. But if we're going head up, if we're going head up. I think yeah. I'll uh, I'll go with them. But look, I mean, everybody's talking about Clemson bouncing back, mm-hmm. Brad, because they had an off year a year ago. That was one game, right? They went eleven and three. Yeah, they won eleven games in their like off year. Like Clemson's still good. Clemson's mm-hmm. still at the top tier of college football. Yeah, they're just in the ACC, and so they're they're not a battle tested team. But, you know, Duke, Duke's in the ACC. That's part of why it's a cupcake conference. So, yeah, I think Clemson wins. All right. Finally, Zach, in our Village Vice six-pack, our first yes. ever Village Vice six-pack. Crack it open, baby. The Auburn Tigers. There you go. Auburn and UMass, 2.30 Saturday. Um, I don't think we're going to differ on the pick here since we are just playing it straight up. Um, yeah. We don't expect this to be a game that's in the balance in the fourth quarter. Um, Auburn wins and looks good doing it. 
Yeah, yeah. Auburn wins. Just for the hypothetical, this won't count, but just hypothetical, does Auburn win by more than five touchdowns? Does Auburn win by more than 35 points? So many points with the new clock rules. Right. Um, but I still say, yeah, I, I, I think they'll find a way. I, I think UMass might even score first in the game. And UMass might happens. score last in the game. Sure. But I think I'll buy that. a ton in the middle for Auburn. In the middle, yeah. 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 Um, I think Auburn scores first. I think it's a Shane Hooks. Mm. And if, um, you know, if UMass wants to kick a late field goal, yeah, good for them. <laughs> hey, comment down below. Comment on the video who you think scores the first points of the year for Auburn. Yeah, and whose picks do you like better? There you go. Yeah, who do you side with? Did, did Zach or did I make the better picks in our Village Vice six-pack? We'll see. We'll see. Brad, I can't wait. Next time we talk, we will be recapping, hopefully, an Auburn win. Crazier things have happened, but hopefully an Auburn win. Be sure to like the video and please subscribe so you can join us as we recap this win together. Brad, take us home, brother. Zach, everyone has vices. We all know that. Everyone has vices. Just make sure Village Vice is one of yours.